Welcome to Half Finished to Done, a podcast for passionate business owners like you who are ready to stop procrastinating and start finishing all of your half-done projects. I'm your host, Christina, and I'm looking forward to helping you finish your projects in a calm, sustainable way using a simple, repeatable process. All along the way, we'll be working through the mental, emotional, and logistical obstacles that are standing between you and extraordinary projects. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the podcast. I am excited to have on today's guest, Kat. Kat, welcome and tell us a little bit about yourself and your work. Hi. Okay. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I am Kat. I'm a master business coach and I help my clients scale 100K at a time. Most important thing about me is it's not just making the money that you want to make, but it's how you want it to be made. So for me and my clients, we like to make money and serve our clients simply, calmly, and with certainty. So that's kind of the really short and sweet synopsis. Simply, calmly, and with certainty. I think that's something that every single business owner, whether or not you're a coach, could use a little bit more of. And you've actually helped me with all of those things. So we know each other from in person. We've sat at coffee shops and you've coached me through all of those things. So thank you for your help on that. Yeah, for sure. All right. So I wanted to bring you on the podcast to talk about simplicity and about simplifying your business for sure. But particularly what I think is so interesting is the way that you set up your maternity leave. And I'm really inspired by the way you did that, by the way you planned it out, the way you executed it. I do want to have this conversation, not just about maternity leave, but about any prolonged break from your business. So it could be a long vacation. It could be a sabbatical. It could be anything like that. But that is what we're going to talk about today is setting that up with more ease and more simplicity. So how did you get the idea to set up your maternity leave the way that you did? So I remember it was like a Saturday and I was making pancakes in like my early second trimester. And it kind of hit me. I was like, I think I'm being a little bit too laid back about this. So the time of me planning my mat leave, it would have been in late 2021, mid 2021. And I have big goals for my business. I have goals that I want to hit for 2023. And I was just like, okay, I never actually sat down to think about how am I actually going to make sure that as a woman, right? How do I make sure that like, I am not, how do I want to say it? Like, I don't want to take a pay cut just because I'm having a baby. How do I make sure that I, my business grows and I get to hit the goals that I want to hit and like create my desires and also have a baby, right? And like, especially not make my baby the reason that I hear all the time. Oh, I couldn't do this because I had a baby. I couldn't be this because I had a baby. I always imagined picturing Nico, which is my son's name. I imagined like sitting him down and be like, yeah, so love, I couldn't hit my goal because I had you. Like imagine telling your kid that. I want to pause right here because I think that that alone, before we even talk about planning and executing is extraordinary. And I think we don't even realize that we have the assumption if you have a child or if you take a sabbatical or if you take a long vacation your goals have to suffer. We don't even question that that's going to happen. We're just like, yeah, of course that's going to happen. We don't even, we're not even upset about it because it's so much the norm. But I love the way that you're thinking about it, which is that does not have to be the norm. What if I could do it a different way? Yeah. Let's say you don't have a kid, but let's say you're getting married, right? I've heard this too, where it's like, oh, I have to like pause my business. But it's like, Imagine sitting your husband or your wife or your partner down and being like, yeah, so I can't hit my goals this year because I'm marrying you. Like what? That's basically what's happening. 
So I'm like, if you want to like have that mindset, sure. But like for me, I was like, I fucking refuse. I don't want to put any like subconsciously or consciously put any blame on anybody or anything for like why I can't hit my goals just so that it's off the table. So you decided you didn't want to make anybody responsible for you not hitting your goal for you, obviously your son, Nico, but for everyone else listening, it could be again, your partner, if you have a wedding, sabbatical, anything like that. So not making someone else responsible for you feeling like you have to lower what you truly want in your business. So Kat, I would love to know the details. So how long were you planning your maternity leave for? And then how did you set that up? Okay. So it's like a really important thing as like business owners. This is kind of like what I was like saying. I was like, okay, what do I actually want my mat leave to look like? Like that Saturday where I was kind of like, okay, I didn't plan out like anything. Like I think I'm taking it a little bit too loosey-goosey, right? So I was like, okay, there was so much external noise, right? And this is for everybody. Like I said, whether it's a mat leave, whether it's a vacation and you're a business owner, there's so much external noise around how long your mat leave should be or how long your vacations should be. Like, let's say you're coming from a nine to five, right? It's like, oh, should my vacation be, is three months vacation too long? Like who does that? Like, there's just so much external noise about what your mat leave should look like, what your vacation should be like. So long story short, I decided on two months. I did a two month mat leave. So eight weeks. And, you know, I made the best judgment call that I could, like looking backwards, I would have totally taken another month. But yeah, so I did eight weeks. And then how specifically I did that, like I said. Wait, let me pause you. I want to pause you because I just want to repeat the question that you asked yourself because it's so incredibly important before you get into the details. What do I want this to look like? Yeah, that is important. (laughs) Yeah, it's so important because it's so easy to go off and start making all these willy-nilly haphazard decisions, but they're going to feel stressful and they're going to feel unclear when you're not clear on what your vision is. So how long did you spend just visioning what you wanted it to look like? Honestly, that Saturday, I spent like a good two hours. Like, and I just like brain dumped. Like I was like, I brain dumped like, okay, like feelings. So I started with feelings. Like, how do I want to feel? And I think like one of the main things was like calm. Uh, and again, this is a mat leave, but also think about it like on your vacation. Like, do you want to be on your vacation and you're not calm because your brain is like frantically still literally thinking about your business and like, oh my God, I didn't get this done. And oh my God, how am I going to hit my goals after this vacation? Like, do you know what I mean? So I was like, I'm going to be with my brand new baby. I want to feel calm. Like that was my number one. Like that's how I wanted it to look. How I wanted it to feel. So important. Yeah. I just bring up like whatever came to me, right? I didn't do this like insane visualization process. I didn't do like a technique. I just like brain dumped everything that I knew I wanted to look like. Okay. So this is huge. And I want to say I've done the same process on a much smaller scale because I've been doing two week vacations where I say, okay, what do I want my vacation to look like? And I'm really similar to you where I'm like, I want to feel completely relaxed. I don't want any part of my brain thinking about the work that I need to be doing or should have done already. So that is huge to start with the emotions. And you can start like with forever and listen, like you can start with whatever, like, but for me, I'm like, the result is amazing. But for me, I'm more about like, what's the emotional signature, the energetic signature of the result. That's the most important to me. So the result isn't just eight weeks of mat leave, plus, you know, hitting my income goal for the year. It's how do I do that all in the way that I want it to feel? Okay, let's pause there again. Because this is what I always say with projects too. And I'm like, everyone can be a project finisher. But are you finishing projects in a way that you love? So what you're really speaking to is multiple results at the same time. 
And I love this idea of having multiple results at the same time that all stretch your brain because it makes you think so much more creatively than you're used to thinking. So to your point, you could say just hitting my goal or just maternity leave, but you're like, okay, let's push the envelope. We're doing all three, the calm, the two months and the goal. And then your brain's like, fuck, let's go. Yeah. Cause here's like the interesting part, like to take like the how deeper, right? So like once I got clear on like what I wanted to look like, and like you were saying, you get creative about like the avenues and the pathways there. So for example, like taking the one of the many multiple results, right? Not that I had a list of 10. It was quite simply like, okay, like hitting a certain income goal for the year, taking my mat leave. And I decided it would be eight months or eight months. Oh my God, eight weeks, (laughs) calm. And another one of those major results was like continuing to like over deliver for my clients, even though I'm not actively delivering in my business. So those were like, I think the four pieces for me. And so let's like take, for example, like the calm. And this also like helped me hit the over delivery piece, right? So I was like, okay, with the calm piece, how can I over deliver for my clients? That's when you ask yourself the question, like, how can I? And then you can just brain dump, right? Like, how can I over deliver for my clients? And by doing so while taking time off my business also creates that result, right? It's going to help me feel calm, right? Like, I don't want to be on my mat leave. And then like, I'm breastfeeding my baby and then thinking about my clients, right? That's not the vibe. Okay, so let's pause there. So the question, so simple, how can I, and then fill in the blank for the results you want to create. So how can I create these four things simultaneously? And what I want to say, because I know my people, is your brain might very quickly go into, I don't know. Did you go into, I don't know at all, where you're like, that can't possibly happen? (laughs) I have no idea how to make that happen. A hundred percent obviously like I'm a human, right? But like my brain would typically go to like, I don't know, or it would go to, I don't know after I have like a bunch of amazing, great ideas and I don't know which I should do. Like, so for example, even like the length of mat leave, I like, should I do eight weeks? Should I do 12 weeks? Should I just do four weeks? Because also I've never had a baby. So I was like, I don't know how much mat leave I actually need. And I've talked to so many mentors of mine who are also moms and they were like, you don't know how your delivery is going to be you don't know how your baby's going to be, right? So it's like, there's, you just have to accept, you literally just have to accept that like, you don't know and you just like make your best call, right? And like fill in the blank if you're not taking a mat leave, right? But like, just make your best call. Yes. Okay. I think that is super helpful, just best call. And I think about this again with projects is I'm like, here's the reality. You don't know which is the best project to choose. I don't know which is the best project to choose. You have a lot of brilliant ideas. Let's choose what you said, the best call, best possible project for now, knowing that you might have to deal with unexpected things along the way. A hundred percent. Okay. I'm glad to hear you say that you had to deal with that because I'm like, in my mind, it was just this like perfect thing where you're like, okay, eight weeks here, my four things, let's go. But of course you have a human brain. So you still had to face up like the, I don't know. And I don't know what to choose. So glad to know that that was part of the process for anyone listening that can come up along the way. Yeah. Don't let that be like any sort of obstacle where it's like, now you spend the next four hours overthinking, right? Like that's why I'm saying like, just make the best call that you can. If you could put your finger on it, which one is the answer for you? Like what's your hunch? So how did you know, or how did you guess? For me, it almost was like an eeny, meeny, miny, mo thing. It was kind of like Goldilocks where it's like, this soup's too hot. This soup's too cold. This one's just right. It was kind of like that where I was like, okay, 
four weeks, I don't know, like, and again, this is just like having a baby, but fill in the blank, but like specifically with having a baby, right? Like the first six weeks, you tend to like, even upwards of eight weeks, your insides are still getting together a little bit, right? So I was like, maybe four weeks is like a little bit too rapid. And then I was like 12 weeks, because hopefully I've told you this. I know I've told many people this and there's no shade on this at all, right? But it's just like knowing who you are and just like owning it. Like for me, it's like, I just could not just be fully only a stay-at-home mom. Like I love what I do as coaching. Like I love being creative. I love creating things outside of the creations of my children, right? And like what they're creating in the world. I was like, I feel like I'm, I might get a little bit like, like cabin fevery. Like I need to be doing something if it's like longer than eight weeks. But again, this was just before I've actually had the experience. Like I just made best guesses based on like knowing who I am, knowing my tendencies. So I was like, okay, I think eight weeks sounds just about right. Like maybe 12 weeks is a little bit too long. I feel like I might get a little bored after a while. Like I honestly did like by the eight week mark, I was like, oh my God, like not bored of the child, but just like at that age, they're sleeping most of the day. So like, what am I doing? I'm like staring (laughs) at him, like, just like, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, it was kind of like a too hot, too cold, just right kind of thing. That's so good because I actually use the Goldilocks analogy when I'm talking about allocating time. So I teach obviously deep work, which is uninterrupted focus blocks of time. And I always say like, choose the Goldilocks amount of time to give a task. Not so long that you end up like fluffing around and like going down rabbit holes, but not so short that you feel pressured. So I'm like, my clients at least are very familiar with that Goldilocks phrase. So I love that you use that same philosophy to choose how long to make your maternity leave. And the other thing I want to point out is when we do something new, you're right. Sometimes we just don't know and we're making our best guess. And I just want to say that for everyone's benefit because I'll have so many clients who are like, I should know how to do this. I should know how to estimate this time. I should know how to make this decision. And I'm like, why? You've never done it before. Zero times in your life have you been a mother before. Zero times have you planned a mat leave. Why would you know? We're really guesstimating here. Yeah. And especially as a business owner, right? Like it's different. Like when you work a nine to five, it's like your boss just tells you, here's what your mat leave is going to look like. See you back here in six weeks. Like, and same thing when it's vacations, right? At least where I'm from in Canada, you get two weeks. And by the way, you can only take your vacation between this day and this day, right? Like you can't do it through, you know, like high seasons, like around Christmas and whatever it is. Right. So it's exactly like you said, like, this is your first time, like maybe as a business owner, right? Where it's like you have full autonomy of like when you take your vacation, why you're taking your vacation, how long you're going to take your vacation for, and like planning your results around that. Huge. So yeah, reassurance to everybody is if you don't know how to do this yet, this podcast episode already is going to be super valuable, but you shouldn't know how because you've never done it. Yeah, you boss did it for you. So then like, I was just like, what do I want this to look like? And I just brain dumped like emotions that came to me, results that I wanted, non-negotiable results, right? Like, for example, like clients still get over-delivered to, even though I'm not there for two months, like my presence, right? And then from there, it was going into each of those results being like, well, how can I do that, do that, do that, right? So from there, it was exactly that, like making the decision and then literally just like executing it. That's literally all the process was. Right. And then once I decided on that, I think then the most important of all is like managing my mind around the decisions I made and the execution. Okay. Let's make this layman's terms. So, (laughs) what do you mean when you say managing my mind around the decisions? So, for example, let's take it this one. One of the results was over delivering for my clients. Right. And like we said, there's like, when you think of like, how can I over deliver to my clients while I take eight weeks off? 
you might come up with a bunch of solutions and then your brain might be like, well, I don't know which one I should pick. What's the best one for my clients? What's the best one for me? Right. And you can kind of spin out and I don't know from there. Right. So what I did is like, I just looked at that and I was like, okay, which is the one that I want to do? So for example, with the over delivery for clients, while I'm not there, there's a couple examples. Like I could have brought in someone to coach my clients during those eight weeks while I was gone, or I could have made like an eight week series, like a, you know, like a video series. Like there's so many things that I could have done. I literally just decided to give my private, like, cause this was before I had my group coaching program. Like I already delivered around before my mat leave. And then I was delivering around after. So I was in this like in between where I didn't have any group coaching clients. I just had my private clients. And so what I did was I set them up. Like we had like this coaching conversation about like, how are they going to get what they came for while I'm still gone for the eight weeks? We're not going to have any sessions. We're just going to extend the sessions out to like extending the package out. And then they get the concepts from my group coaching program for them to go through over the eight weeks that I've gone. So like I had to literally just like a lot of my brain would be like, well, it's like maybe that wasn't the best decision. What if they don't get results because someone's not coaching them every week? Like I literally even had a colleague tell me like, oh, I had a colleague of mine take a mat leave and she had like while she was on mat leave, her group coaching clients were just like falling off. Right. And she said that to me while I was. So I had to like take that out of my brain. You know what I'm saying? Like I just had to take that out of my brain and like not even take into consideration. Does that make sense? Yeah. Here's how I want to phrase it for anybody listening who really wants to grasp this concept of managing your mind. It's like post decision, right? You make the decision, you make the best call. I call it in my world, selling yourself on that decision and selling yourself on that decision is repeatedly reaffirming for yourself that that was the right decision. And part of that process is taking in and listening to all of your doubts and your fears and your second guessing and your negotiating, which is exactly what you experienced, right? Where your brain's like, okay, now this other coach has given me, it's counter evidence to the decision. I can either listen to that or I can hear it and then continue to sell myself in the decision I already made. And I just want to say, just as a shameless plug, I teach my clients how to sell themselves on the decisions they've already made. So this is totally part of my process. Um, And I'm I'm sure you have a way of doing it as well. But it's so cool just that you got the opportunity to do that for yourself. Meaning you're a coach. And just because you made a decision does not mean that your brain's like, yay, okay, off to the races. You're still going to have the second guessing and negotiating come up. Yeah. I like that you brought that up because I was like, that's exactly it. It's just selling yourself on the decision. And I think what that is, is like for anybody listening, it doesn't matter whether it's around your business or not. It's like selling yourself around any decision you've made is called commitment. Deciding and committing is two different things. It's two different things. And sometimes, and also like you were just saying, whether you're a coach or you've been in business forever, or like you're like a high level decision maker, right? Like making decisions is a skill. And so it's like committing is also not just a one and done thing. Like I was literally just coaching one of my clients on this. I teach them an exercise called purposeful thinking to help them sell themselves on decisions that they've made or, or whatever. And she's like, I've already done that. I'm like, it's not a one and done thing. Like just like commitment, like you might have to recommit to your decision 20 times in an evening. Right. Okay. What's so important about this conversation is that I think most people, they make a decision and then they feel bad that they're doubting their decision. So they pretend that they're not doubting the decision and then they don't take the aligned action to make the decision actually 
manifest and execute in real life. So it's like, if I've made the decision, I should be on board. But what we coach on is, no, just because you've made the decision, you might still not be on board and that's okay. There's no shame or embarrassment in not being on board with the decision you've already made. And I think the worst possible thing you can do for yourself is to not admit to yourself where you're not on board. Because once you admit it, you can work through it. But if you refuse to admit it, you're never going to work through it. And then you're going to always be confused why you're not taking the right actions. Yeah, 100%. So that's what like the whole point of this is like, you might decide you want to take three months of vacation, right? And you might have a colleague be like, oh my God, like what's going to happen to all your customers? You know, someone inevitably will. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, I want you guys to like think about the potential like failures or obstacles that might come up like in your decision-making. Like, Think about making the decision around your vacation and then think about like, hey, what are all the potential like things someone could say, like whether it's a colleague or even a customer, like whatever. And then like give yourself even three or four solutions for how you're going to overcome that, whether it's like mentally overcome it or strategically overcome that so that you can commit to your decision. And I think the benefit of this is it makes you so much more open to other people's opinions because you're like, yeah, they can say it. And I know how to then work with what they've said. I know how to manage my reaction and then implement, like you said, strategies if need be. But when we are feeling defensive, where we're like, okay, here's my idea. But if anyone criticizes it, I'm out. Then we constantly have to protect ourselves from people's opinions. So I think that being open in this way, it just makes you more relaxed in your interactions because you're like, anyone can say anything. I know to come back to myself. I love that. 100%. Like, I think if like, we do get defensive, it's just like, all it is, is like, it's showing us where we are not actually fully sold on our decision. So it just like illuminates where we need to be even more sold specifically around the decision. Yes. Okay. This is such a fun conversation because it really highlights mental obstacles, emotional obstacles, and logistical obstacles. So I always talk about those three categories when I'm talking about projects. And I just love the way that you've walked us through all three of those types of obstacles. So thank you for highlighting that. I want to follow up on something else you said. I'm laughing because you said, and then I just executed. (laughs) And you said it like with such simplicity, like, of course, I just did it. And I'm just like, I'm just watching. I'm like hearing everyone in my head being like, I'm sorry, what? You just executed. What the hell does that mean? And how? <laughs> so they want to punch me. <laughs> totally. I want to punch you a little bit and I know how to execute. <laughs> I'm like, what That's do so you funny. mean? So walk us through when you say, I just executed. What does that mean? What did that look like? And how long was that preparation period? Okay. So that, that's the thing. Like the actual execution phase, like is totally different than like the actual results, right? So for example, like when I just made all these decisions around like, not just my mat leave, but like vacation, right? It's like, I'm like, how can I hit my revenue goal in 10 months instead of 12 months in a standard year, right? Because I'm taking two months off, right? So I had to kind of take into consideration the whole year, not just like this two month period of my mat leave. And so when I made this plan, it was, like I said, the last half of 2021, for the entirety of 2022. So once I made my decisions, the execution literally looked like implemented it as it went. I don't know how to explain the execution in a more specific way other than I like made my decision. So for example, with hitting my revenue goal, right? And wanting to be calm during my mat leave, I was like, okay, that means I need to plan out my launches strategically. 
the way I was thinking about it is for me, I had to define calm on my mat leave. So for example, for you with your vacation, define what will help you feel calm. Cause that's different for me. That's different for Christina. That's different for Susie Q, right? So for me in my specific business with my nervous system, I was like, okay, what does not feel calm to me is coming back to my business with zero clients on the books, zero anything and feeling like I'm like starting my business from scratch again. That does not feel calm to me. So I was like, okay, how do I, again, going back to that question, how can I have things on the books for when I come back, right? So what I did leaning up to my mat leave was I sold a group program in advance and I delivered it and it ended right like a few weeks before my baby was supposed to be due. And then during my mat leave, I had emails and posts scheduled out selling my one-on-one. And then, sorry, before my mat leave, I'm like, oh my gosh. So before my mat leave, not only did I deliver a group, but I also pre-sold for the next group starting in May because May would be when I was coming back from my mat leave, right? So this goes to what you're saying, Christina, right? It's like, I logistically have to figure out this is the emotion that I want to have. How's that logistically going to happen, right? It doesn't just happen because I make the decision and commitment. And because I want it. <laughs> right, right. It's not magic. You still put things into action. So I think the examples you gave are really good of one, you had scheduled emails that you had written out, two, social media posts. And then I know you also have a podcast as well. So was that going out when you were on leave? Everything. So I think it would have been probably when I made all these decisions, it would have been, I don't know, let's say it was September 2021. So from September, October, November, December, I gave myself three, four months. Like I gave myself a solid quarter to execute on the decisions. So to do the launches, to fill the launches in advance, to write the emails, to schedule the podcast episodes, to create the podcast episodes, I gave myself three, four months. Like I gave myself the spaciousness. Okay. This is really important for everybody because obviously I have a lot of people who come to me who are like, I get things done right before the deadline. And I actually don't think that's a problem as long as we can manage your emotions around that. So you're not constantly feeling like guilty and ashamed and stressed about that. Like you can get things done at the last minute without it being horrible and chaotic. So that is a note for my philosophy. But what I think is interesting about you is like, I would imagine that took a fair amount of intrinsic motivation to be like, I'm doing this mat leave. I'm going out on this specific day and things have to be done by then. Was that tough for you? I like that you said like intrinsic motivation because like obviously like energy ebbs and flows. Like there's all sorts of reasons, not just because of your female, like men and women, right? Like hormonal changes are always happening for everybody, right? Like there's just a a whole variety of reasons. Food that you ate, like it's not just our thoughts all the time. Like there's like our actual physical body and then we have our nervous system stuff. So that being said, yeah, when my intrinsic motivation wasn't there, which by the way, my intrinsic motivation was like literally like, I remember picturing being on my mat leave, picturing like the revenue coming in, the clients that are being delivered to, coming back from my mat leave and already having a group that I get to deliver to. Like that's what I was picturing. And when that wasn't, maybe my brain wasn't there automatically or it was kind of hard to get there. The toughest thing was doing the things that I committed to even when I didn't want to. You said this, and I want to bring everyone's attention back to this, is there's a difference between the execution period where you are sitting down, let's say at your desk, and you're doing the work of writing the emails and doing the social media posts and making the podcast versus when you're actually getting the fruit of that labor delivered back to you. And like for me, on I went to Italy, and that was a two-week 
gap. So for me, it was like I created these things a week before I went to Italy. I got back. So to me, that was only a two-week or three-week period. For you, it was a two-month period. And I think that's really important to help people realize is you are putting in the work, trusting that the work is going to pay dividends in all the ways that you want to see the project ROI come back to you, but you are believing ahead of time that your plan is going to work. So I want you to think about the opposite of that. Like, let's say, Kat, you had made these decisions, you made this plan, and then you start going into that self-doubt where you're like, it's not going to work. What would happen then is you just stop showing up to create everything. And then all of a sudden, you have this two-month gap where you haven't created the value that you wanted to create. So can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Like, honestly, when you're talking about that, I just felt like, oh my God, I would have had so much anxiety. For me, like, I was just like, literally just like walking my brain through that, just constantly in that space of disbelief and then the inaction that doesn't come from that. The countdown is on. And then all of a sudden, it's a week before my baby's supposed to come and I have nothing. Right. And also, even going back to like what you were saying too about the people that kind of like are like the deadline folks. Now that I've done that mat leave, at the time of recording this, I'm literally in Europe right now for three months, traveling with my baby and my partner, still working. Like I'm not taking a vacation. Everybody thinks I'm on holidays. They're like, I don't want to bug you. You're on holidays. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not. And so like at the beginning of this travels, like I was launching the next cohort. And at the end of this three months, I'm going to be opening up the next intake, the next cohort. So I'm not doing things three months in advance right now, but I, because of my prior experiences, I've almost stockpiled stuff. So it's easier for me to do things without needing that three month runway or four month runway leading up. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh. Okay. This is so good. So what you're speaking to is being future focused and then you end up creating magic in that place where you're like, okay, I want this space. So now I'm going to create ahead of time. And then that creation not only locks in the skill of creating value while you're away. So now you have that skill set on lock, but you also now have the actual literal content that you can then repurpose and reuse for the future. So you're putting yourself into this cycle of momentum that will enhance your business a hundred percent. Yeah. It's like the concept of the flywheel, right? At first it takes a lot of like effort to like push the wheel and to get the wheel turning. Then the wheel just keeps turning and you don't even have to push as hard for the wheel to go faster and faster and faster, like very little touches and it just goes faster and faster. That's the concept. Okay. I absolutely love that. And I'm like, I totally have felt that in my business. And I know a lot of people can relate to that. So we love a good analogy around here. Thank you for that. And you're right. And so now I think about it as I'm like, I love creating new content. So for example, at the time of this recording, I'm running my anti-procrastination challenge and I created a bunch of new content to promote it, but I could have easily gone back and literally just copied and pasted the emails from the last anti-procrastination challenge, put them out there and called it a day. I didn't want to do that, but I loved that I had that option. I knew it could be insanely easy and the entire promotion could have taken like 30 minutes. I love that you said that where it's like, I know that I had the option. Sometimes repurposing is amazing. Like I am a repurposed queen, but then there's sometimes like, it sounds like in this moment for you, Christina, where it's like, but I want to do things a little bit differently. I want to write it with a different energy. Like, you know, when I wrote those last emails, it was X, you know, months ago and I have a different perspective on things now, but like, it's good to like have that option, like you're saying. Well, and I think for me, when I look at my old content, so if I'll look at like an old challenge that I'm rerunning, every single time now that I look, I'm like, oh my God, I made it so much more complicated than it had to be. And even 
that overcomplication shows up in the number of words that I used. I was reviewing one of my emails and I was like, oh my God, I said so much fucking shit. Like, why did I say so many words? Versus now I'm like, come to the challenge. It's going to be amazing. Get your ass in there. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Yeah. So to me, that's a really good example of watching the way that I've evolved. So it's looking back on my old work product, continuing to simplify. And then like we've talked about, then I think to the future and I'm like, oh, that next vacation, that like when I go to Italy for a month and a half next year to practice my Italian, that break will be so easy to set up because I've put so many systems in place and I have so much content. And skill. Like you said that, like that cannot be understated what you mentioned earlier. It's like, it literally is a skill set. So you have to be able, like I said, like I gave myself a four month runway, right? I, like I was willing for it to take the time that it took for me to like get shit done, right? But now I don't need three months, right? Like my skill set level is crisper. So I think that can't be understated. You have to be willing to just like be shitty at planning your vacation in the beginning. Yeah, be shitty, then evaluate <laughs> what worked, what didn't work, what are you going to do differently? Like we said, this skill set is absolutely just epic. If you want to have a business that also allows you to have a really full life, which I know everybody listening wants that. I also want to say this is perfect timing because somebody just commented in the anti-procrastination Facebook group when she was crafting her vision. She was like, okay, I didn't realize that I really value travel. And part of what I want is to have a business where I live in different places for three months at a time. And I literally commented before we got on here, I was like, that's possible. People do it. Like it is possible for you. And so it's so fascinating to me that you just said, that's exactly what you're doing when you're in Greece for these three months. Literally, that is so funny. You got to tell her, wait till episode 70, whatever it is, you know? (laughs) Yeah, literally, people are doing it right now, and we can help you do it with more ease. Absolutely. I love it. Okay, so freaking amazing. Do you have any final comments here? Anything else you want to add that you think people should know if they're setting up a prolonged leave from their business? Yeah, I think the most important thing is like you just have to be willing to learn. Don't worry about making the perfect decisions, like taking the perfect amount of vacation. Like I was just saying, like you're not, even if you've made a vacation before as a business owner, right? Like you are different. The circumstances of your business are different, like year after year, where you're going to be, like all the things, right? So you just have to hold space, if you will, like kind of coachy speak, but you just have to be willing to be like, okay, I'm willing to have things not go perfectly according to plan. And I'm willing to learn at the end of every single vacation that I take or mat leave or sabbatical, like whatever. I love that. Learn from every experience and make it better the next time. Or don't make it better. Sometimes it won't be better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, But like, just don't beat yourself for being like, oh, like I, you know, I should have done it differently or I didn't plan it as well as I could have or schedule things out as well as I could have. Like, don't beat yourself up. It's just like, what am I going to do differently? And how am I going to do differently? I always add that caveat for clients. Like, how are you going to do it differently? Direct your brain. Yes. Love that. Okay. Thank you so much awesome episode. So good hearing the ins and outs of the way that you planned your maternity leave. So thank you for sharing today. You're so welcome. Thank you for listening to the Half Finished to Done podcast. If you're ready to become a self-assured repeat project finisher, the best place to work with me is in my eight-week group coaching program, Half Finished to Done Live. You'll leave our time together with one finished project and the skills you need to finish any project, personal or business in the future. Just head to peakcoaching.co slash HFD live for your next step. Can't wait to work with you.